What's up, stoners? Welcome back to another episode of That Bud Tender Podcast. I'm your host, Bianca Blanche. Not only is it another episode, but it is our season one finale. Uh, This has been amazing. This has been really, really fun. I'm so grateful for all of you listening. Today's episode, we're ending... (laughs) We're ending on a really high note, pun intended, because it was literally the highest I've ever been conducting an interview. And it's just, it's so poetically fitting because it is with my former manager, Michael Winderman. He he really is the gatekeeper for me. Like, I, I've said it to him before, I wouldn't have the career that I have in this industry if it hadn't been for him, if it hadn't been for him giving me a chance and just letting me bud tend for, for the Green Easy with, you know, no prior experience, just a real bold can-do attitude. This is another great episode. I am so excited for you guys to listen per usual. Everyone this season was incredible. Uh, I've already started recording for season two and we've had some really amazing uh, individuals come through already. So, so stoked for you guys to plug into those later on. I'm just going to get right to it because it's kind of a long episode and I I really want you guys to get to know Mike. He is the best boss I've ever had in my entire life and He's a great human being. I wish him nothing but the best, all success, much love, and many happiness. I'll see you guys for season two. I told myself I could smoke this blunt. This is Michael Winderman. Did you see me post Gina um, from Brooklyn Nine-Nine recently? Yeah. Where do you watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine from? Like what, Netflix? Hulu. Hulu. I watch it on Hulu and it's amazing. And Hulu even has a tab where it's Gina Knows Best. So it's just like 10 of the best Gina episodes. Yeah, it's pretty epic. Thank you for coming in today. Yeah, no problem. My pleasure. (laughs) So I'm so excited to have you here. A, because I wouldn't have the career that I have had you not hired me to be a bud tender to begin with. So you were kind of like the gatekeeper, I would say, to this thing I call a career. Yeah, I mean, that's real. Like, you gave me a shot, and I appreciate that. And we worked together for five years. I'm also the highest I've ever been recording this. You got me (laughs) the highest that I've ever been doing this episode. What did we smoke? Can you tell the people? Oh, it was fair warning. Um, It was. It was. Uh, We had some Maven Crescendo, Mm -hmm. which is sativa, with some uh, Dulcetera hash from Nasha. I'm a big fan of uh, hash joints. You've been in the industry for how long? I spent 10 years in the industry. 
I always try to stay up to date. Mm -hmm. uh, when you're in it for that long, it's just kind of natural. You know, everyone, all the companies contact you and, you know, with all, everything that's new and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, no, I did become a big fan of the concentrates when they started to come out. Big fan of rosin and, you know, anything that's chemical free. What was your first introduction to cannabis? Like, where did this all start for you? Tell us about your story. <clears throat> first time I smoked weed, it was in Mexico. I was on like a family trip, staying at like a club med. Met two guys named Jake and Jake. Stop. Yep. I'll never forget it. Yeah, we used to trade like board shorts for like an ounce. They'd like drive off on the jet ski, meet someone in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, it was, it was really fun. Uh, we were smoking out of like a skull-shaped pipe, like a marble skull pipe. Have you ever been to like Tijuana or like Escondido and stuff like that? No. I really want to go there though. I really want to check out. It's like, what is that? Baja, California. Is it just a magical place, I guess, where people get you weed on jet skis? <laughs> this was also a long time ago. I think I was like going into middle school, seventh grade, eighth grade. What a great location for your first experience. Did you love it right away? Did you then just start like smoking, smoking, smoking? You are from the Valley, which is known for <laughs> weed. And is it known as specifically for like OGs, like San Fernando Valley? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I am from the Valley, born in 85, grew up in Encino, went to high school in Woodland Hills, went to Taft, then college in San Diego, then moved back to LA. And then, yeah, the Valley is definitely known for one of the meccas for weed, for sure. And Why definitely, I mean, it just was. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the dealers mm -hmm. came from the Valley. But yeah, OG was definitely, they were definitely known for. It was like Pretendo, then Bubba came out. Then once OG hit the market, it was, it was over. And so all my friends from the Valley still, psh, OG, that's oh, it. That's yeah. how I used to be when I first started at the store. First six months. I wouldn't smoke anything that was an OG. And then with so much variety around me, just got to a point where I was like, all right, let me try this, a purple, a sativa. And then, yeah, sour diesel ended up being my favorite. Mm -mm. One of my favorite strains in the world is Headband. So that's sour Very diesel similar. and OG Kush. It's the, the baby of the best. So good. Okay, so now I'm curious, how did you even get into cannabis as a profession? Like, where did that come from? Was it a goal, just like being from where you're from and being around it so much? Yeah, I guess, you know, yeah, going into like middle school and like high school, and then even into college, I was a little bit known for knowing the business mm. of marijuana before there were stores. Just put it that way, I might have family listening. Sure, yeah. sure. Um, and then, yeah, honestly, like, I got really lucky. I went to college in San Diego, had fun, moved back to L.A., didn't really have, like, anything serious going on for myself. I think at that point, yeah, I was working for a furniture company, delivering furniture. And a friend of mine was one of the original owners of the location that I ran, the Green Easy, for Dimension many times. And when all the girls mentioned me, I was like, oh, shit. I was like, oh, that's me. <laughs> I was like, oh, they're so nice. I know, we have the mic. Um, you are the mic. Yeah. Yeah, so I got really lucky one day. He was a good friend of mine. His birthday is on the 2nd, mine's on the 3rd. Mm. And we grew up right next to each other. Always had that connection. And, yeah, I literally got a call out of the blue one day. Like, hey, Mike, I bought this license. I'm in this business. Come help me run it. 
Ever since then, that was, yeah, it was October 2009. And I got out October 2019. Yo, I got out. Like, <laughs> like you did time. Did. Oh my God. I know it felt like that sometimes. There were days where it really felt like we had access to this beautiful, beautiful plant that brings so much joy. And yet we were just dealing with like the shittiest people. I, some people were great. Some people were great. But some days... For sure. I'd definitely say, like, the first, like, five, six years were the best. You know, it was, it was different times. The good old yeah, days. Talk about that, the, the good old days. Uh, the good old days? I mean, man, I don't want to say it was, like, lawless. You know, we were always city-approved. You know, we ran as legit and as legal as we could. But there just wasn't all the agencies and, you know, the BCC, the DCR... I mean, nobody, as long as you operated with a city license, you know, you didn't, for the most part, didn't get messed with by the cops or, you know, unlawful raids, 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 raids. <laughs> <laughs> There's the one. There is. Uh, yeah, we never got raided. Always known as a good shop. Quality over, I don't want to say quantity, because we usually had 50, 60 strains was like a minimum. And yeah, used to buy by the pound. Good old glass jars, use chopsticks to weigh it in the scale. Got a lot of customers like, uh, I want that one, I want that one. <laughs> but yeah, like like you said, like, yeah, honestly, it's like for the most part, the customers and the patients were amazing. But it's harder to remember all the good ones when the bad ones just stick out so much more. Yeah. You know? Because they were psychopaths. Do you remember one lady that came in? <laughs> I was, you were sitting in the front at reception and I was there with you probably just like talking to you or something and not working. And <laughs> this lady comes in and she's like in leopard print decked out. She couldn't have been more, she couldn't have been taller than like four foot nine. And she had a really thick Southern accent and she was talking about how she's been trying to buy weed, but like people kept trying to sell her. She was older. Right? She, was older. Yeah. she was definitely cracked out. Right. Yeah. Let's go through some of your favorite characters like why not you've seen so many yeah it's true i definitely remember that lady yeah man she was she was on something good yeah and yeah it was just a lot of could she couldn't put together a sentence mm -hmm. you know i mean some of the characters i mean oof. ashley brought up stills recently oh. like that guy it's like it's disturbing how like horrible these people are yeah <laughs> and oh man We've had two grown women urinate in our showroom Aww. through the decade that I was I was there. I mean, that alone just sh like just shock and awe. It changes it changes how you <laughs> view what people are capable of. Um, you realize it's a lot. You also had a bed tender completely. Didn't she like cut open her? Was it her leg with a bong? Yes, we did have an employee cut her leg open. She was cleaning a bong in the bathroom, and it broke. And then, yeah, I remember she wouldn't let me see it for a long time. Just screaming. <laughs> and I was like, I got to a point where I was like, I need to see it, whether, like, is this a Band-Aid or the hospital? And then, yeah, she showed me, and I was like, okay, well, we're going to the hospital right now. <laughs> and, you know, we took care of everything, and that was fine. I remember the dance-off with Ashley and Nicole. Nice. And America was there filming. Yeah. yeah that was really fun. Um, some of the old-day moments... I mean, Danny. Danny was great, you know? <laughs> uh, we have funny footage of her, like, slipping in the rain. She definitely knows what I'm talking about. It goes down in history. Let's talk about 
the old days a little bit because okay. the, you're one of the few people who've experienced it, who few can relate to because it's it's kind of this lost this lost thing from the past. Like I felt like coming in and I came into the shop in 2015. I felt like I had missed out on a whole other chapter of what working at a dispensary was like. Like, I feel like you could break it down into like that. Then when you guys moved into like the nice space where it was when I started working, which was like more of a boutique vibe, very medicinal that I think you guys moved into that year in like 2014. I think it was maybe like you guys had a year there before I got there. So five years at the first location, which was really, we don't want to say lawless, but lawless. And then the Green Easy on Beverly, which was a little more hoity-toity, but let's face it, we were still coming in high. And that, but no smoking on the property. No smoking on the property. No smoking on the property. So like, yeah, walk us through just like how it was, how it used to be, and how you fucking left it. Yeah, so I guess my journey started in 2009. they started issuing out medical licenses in 2006. I got introduced, you know, from a friend of mine who was one of the former owners. You know, it wasn't an industry where you could advertise in. Um, we had our state license, uh, not state license in terms of like reseller's license, mm-hmm. uh, city license and business license. It was hard getting, you know, payroll companies, banking, it's all cash, which was a huge, a lot of companies that are getting into it now, you know, definitely, I don't know. I don't, they do what they want to do, but, you know, once the, yeah, like the government gets into it and it was a lot easier back then, cost a lot less and the profits were a lot better. But yeah, it was kind of in a terms like lawless, like eh, use some Medicaid on site, you know, it's no problem. How many bloods would you smoke in a day <laughs> at the first location? <laughs> At the first location, it got to a point where shit, I was buying boxes of Swishers for myself, and those are 60 counts. And I was probably like 6 to 10 a day. Like, no problem. And I used to work, I mean, I think we were doing like 14, 14 hour days, 12 minimum. But the good old days, it was, um, yeah, you used to buy all your flowers from essentially suppliers that you knew. And... I think I definitely was one of the first shops that started independently testing, even back at the old location. SC Labs. Yeah, we used to operate without a security guard. Then we started getting security guards. It got more serious. And then, you know, the more you grow, the more you have to develop the business. But yeah, we used to do handwritten receipts. Yeah. I, I used to check them one by one. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know? Like, that to me is lawless. You yeah. know, trying to, like, operate a store like that now, like, there's no way. And, you know... It's really about having a good team behind you. I think definitely, you know, throughout the years, definitely was very lucky to have a good team. And, you know, you can't do it just being a manager or, I guess, my general position at that company was went way and above beyond just, like, a general manager. So, yeah, I had a great team throughout the years. You used to buy our tampons. Like, that, I would say, is, yeah, above and beyond <laughs> for a manager. We were never without. I used to steal so much stuff from the Green Easy, and you knew it. I, we all did. Paper towels, tampons, oh little scrubbies. If you never <laughs> stole them, you definitely always asked. Sure. But, yeah, no, I, I did, yeah, I did stock tampons. Um, I, no, I just always felt that with 90% female staff, you know, I was the only other male than the security guard. 
every now and then we had a male butt tender, but yeah, it never lasted. Okay, question. Was that intentional, the 90% female staff, or did it just work out that way, or did you find... I mean, think about it. You've had so many bud tenders. Mm-hmm. I was going to say under you, but not. I don't want to say that. You know, yeah. you've had so many um, bud tenders that you've managed, so many personalities, different ages, all these things. Like, when... Did you feel like it really hit its stride? Was it when Nicole and I started working there? (laughs) Yes, exactly. That is right when you and Nicole first started as the team. Mm -hmm. uh, That's when things smooth sailing. No, I've been very lucky throughout the years. And I would say like 90% of my staff that I managed, you know, were amazing. And there was always, for the most part, like a core group. Yeah, it just kind of turned out to be all female. It definitely was not extremely intentional or planned, but for the most part, yeah, I just kind of, because we got to a point where you start working off referrals, especially in the older days, like trust was a big thing. And, you know, we had our systems in place to like check money and receipts and inventory. We used to do hand inventories twice a day. You take every glass jar, take it out of a bucket, weigh it, count up numbers yeah Yeah. it was all you know manual but the butt tenders were great it was um definitely there was a lot of difficult ones for sure (sighs) throughout the years there's always i think just when you're dealing with people in general Mm. and managing people it's it's not easy a lot of personalities to deal with and make everyone happy you can never make everyone happy. <laughs> As honestly, that's almost impossible. But it's more of, I think I always managed with, I was easy on certain things for sure, but I did have my set rules. And like those set rules, it's like, it didn't matter how good you were. Doesn't matter. <laughs> you know? Oh no, you literally like turned into manager Mike right there where I was like, oh my God, am I getting fired? <laughs> like, Hello. Um, that's really funny. Yeah. And then being friends with all of us too, like working at a dispensary, it's like, there's no HR. There's no, like, we all got really close, joked a lot and knew a lot about each other. How do you manage the balance between like relationship or friendship, Mike, and then boss, Mike? I think you did it well. I'm just like, how do you do that? I mean, that's just got to come with within. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard, you know, Um, because definitely when you manage people and then you become friends with them outside of work it's like yeah where to like draw that line but i think i did like you said like a pretty good job at that and it's just knowing you know like yeah you could be friends with everyone at the same time like they are your employees and there's got to be that line in the sand you know so i did a good job at, i guess just overall like keeping my distance but being a friend at the same time i'm curious to know also as a male as a cisgender male what advice would you have to other men who manage a team majority women yeah what what do you find to be the most helpful in that um I mean I've always had just respect for women I guess I was primarily raised by my mom you know and I have my sister and you know it's shitty to hear what a lot of females go through you have to manage with respect you know they're there to be employees some are going to be amazing some aren't just going to cut it um I mean, they're just people. It's nothing to be like, look down, like, oh, you know, like respect. That's just ultimately what it comes down to. You were always a good listener, open to listening as mm-hmm. well as very helpful and never patronizing. 
Yeah, it's always, I do, I've gotten that question a lot. Mm, and it's kind of, really? yeah, it's like, because a lot of people have noticed it too. And I find it just a little odd because I don't feel like it's, it should just be the standard. Mm-hmm. You know? Of course, yeah. So it's hard for me to like give like an exact like advice. Right. You know? It's like, don't be shitty. Yeah. Don't be a fucking <laughs> shitty person, you know? It's like you don't hire girls like try to hook up with them. You can't just hire based off looks. But trying to like find people, you know, to work for you in the beginning was tough. Yeah. I remember that advice that I was given. Yeah. Because <laughs> you couldn't post anything. It was like, yeah, like I used to go to bars. Really? And like try to like approach girls. Shut up, yeah. really? I never told you this. No. Oh. But yeah, like essentially like, oh, do you smoke weed? And they'd be like, yeah. <laughs> like, do you like to make money? <laughs> like, I'm going to leave right now. <laughs> yeah. um, oh so my it was gosh. tough. So, but yeah, you had to like break the ice. And then that's why referrals is a really good thing. Do you have friends I want to get in the business? Um, oh, like advice and like giving it like to guys managing. No, you just answered I it. I answered that one. <laughs> I haven't asked any others. <laughs> you uh, no, you answered it. No, no, that was great. Okay, so you managed a dispensary for ten years, mm-hmm. but like, how wild would it be when we would be at the dispensary and someone would come up to us and be like, "I don't know, I'm thinking of maybe like opening one of these, or like, you know, like getting into the weed industry." <laughs> like, what yeah. people have these assumptions of what it's going to be like. What are some of the realities because i call you like hey how much would this possibly cost me if i wanted to make this product or start this brand or Mm -hmm. this delivery service we talked about really like realistically like what is it what are we looking at because i don't think people understand how much money you need to invest in this before you see any return uh that's very true especially now with like licensing fees and yeah the amount of people that you know just being at the shop for yeah 10 years that like I want to get into the business. Like, what do I need to do? Like, I got some money. Mm-hmm. Um, the amount of, like, business ideas that I've heard, it's just, or been approached about, or just, like, yeah. I have now, like, Danny mentioned Drocane. Yeah. Yeah, and that, like, oh, man. It's, in, <laughs> it's insane. But, yeah, it takes a lot more than what people think, and you can't just, like, throw money at a business and expect it to do good. Just because it's weed and you're selling weed, now edibles and concentrates and everything, and everyone thinks the cannabis industry is the next boom, which it technically is and is going to be. But, the A, the profits aren't there like they used to be. You know, licensing fees and overhead has exploded. It takes a lot and to actually, like, work the business and to be successful. You know, nothing is just given to you just because you're in the cannabis industry. You know, I recently, you know, I was invested in a company that, done. Wait, done, done? Done. Getting getting sold to another company in Florida is, like, becoming hemp-based because VC guys came in and thought that they knew what they were doing and they could run it. And within like less than like a year and a half, like drove it, done. Had to sell to another hemp-based company in Florida for half of what I invested in. I'm so sorry But now the potential, I mean, that's that's, neither here nor there. But that sucks because it's like, yeah, these people come in from the outside with these expectations and they're like, well, we've done it in this and we've done it in that. And it's like, but it's different. It's cannabis. It's it's a lifestyle. It's it didn't begin 
for people to make ridiculous amounts of money. It started to help people mm. and to heal people and to aid in their pain. And uh, you know what I mean? So it's like, I almost feel like it's karma when people come in and they're like, we can cut costs. We could do it ourselves. We don't need you guys. Mm. And then look at what happened to a company that started out because it really wanted to help right. kids that were that were ill. Yeah, it was a good thing that you know, when that company got its investment, you know, they changed the name and, you know, the original owners were allowed to keep their name and they're doing great things now. But yeah, essentially like with the business that they had built up, just really got a little swept up under the rug, you know, and, but it takes a lot, but you know, if you have a good product, you know, with good business practices and you have like a solid team behind you that will do the work and grind it out and, now it's like you know have to know how to market you know it's just that social media is a thing now it's just like you have to know how to sell your brand now mm-hmm. and i think that's what kind of like it's kind of shitty about the industry now it's more about brands than it is like quality and i think really picking and choosing the companies that predominantly you know like grew their own supply and like really took like pride in their stuff those are the ones that like you know i really tried to focus on for sure maven cream of the crop I remember Kushko was one of our old school ones. Oh, man. Still trying to find that Kushko. <laughs> it's true, and that, that was really well said. It's like, mm-hmm. if you have the opportunity to buy from those growers, like, please do so. because yeah. And they are kind of the smaller guys, but it's like, they're great. Better than most of the stuff that has immense clout because of social media mm-hmm. and just like... I don't know, people wanting to show off a bag. Like, that's yeah. literally what it's come down to out here. It's got more of, like, a what's the brand name. It's about launching your brand and getting the, you know, but that does equal numbers. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially what it is. And it was tough. It went from, you know, being, like, yeah, like, a cool place that you wanted to be, like, 12 hours a day, like, surrounded by good people. You're selling weed. Yeah, there's some, like, shitty stuff to deal with. But for the most part, it was great. And then it's essentially you're just running a retail store got to a point where yeah like I consulted for a few brands here and there and like when you really like broke it down to them like this is what it's gonna take it's the ones that only launch just their brand you know like they get seen for who they really are and like their quality is just like like I would never also do want to just remember the fact that you had a legitimate like reputation in the industry I I don't know if you know this but (laughs) I think it was 2019 Hall of Flowers. I had gone with Mary as press and I ran into obviously like a bunch of our, because I was still working at the Green Easy. So I ran into a bunch of our vendors and like sales reps and they were all kind of like, oh shit, like Green Easy. Like, and it would either be like, is Mike here? Like super excited about it? Or it would be like, is Mike here? Like immediately terrified. I watched you give a lot of, constructive criticism to brands and people coming through the shop and like you definitely kept it 100 like you were never bullshitting especially when it was a shitty product like yeah, yeah. didn't you make a girl cry once whoa 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 <laughs> i don't think i made a girl cry i have heard about my reputation you know from the vendors especially in like what the last five years or so i mean i've been out of it for over a year now which feels like forever like a decade i yeah i've heard about my reputation for being a tough buyer for mm-hmm. sure you know my vendors that i worked with it's like yeah i think they either loved me or hated me a lot of people have told me that 
still to this day, like I still go to the location and like my name's on a few things. Or like they still call me for deliveries like uh, six months after I left. Like we're outside the back. Uh, um, but it was especially like with the later stuff, it just it just seemed like they were selling more of their brand. Because back in the day, like, you'd meet with, like, the people that you knew. You'd lay everything out. you pick and choose. You, you know, talk about prices. Pay. That's it. And I think people now just push more of their brand and, like, a shit product and beautiful packaging. But I was, like, I just didn't put up with, like, I just didn't put up with shit, you know? Mm-mm. And it's weird now because now in my new role, mm-hmm. like, I'm the one selling stuff. How's that? Oh, man. Going from buyer to seller, it was, it was a transition. Was it for sure. Oh, yeah. But it's like, I think being the buyer gives me a lot of advantage, too. I know, you know, good things to say, good things not to say, how to approach it, when to walk away, when to push. But yeah, like, with the vendors, like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just didn't put it with shit, you know? And it was nothing personal, you know? Like, the store was definitely known for, like, top-end stuff. And, like, Mm -hmm. I always try to, like, curate the best inventory that I could because, you know, it was a passion of mine as well. I don't want no shit. We've sold weed to some pretty cool people. We've sold cannabis to, like, some cream of the crop, as we say. But we've also sold weed to some random people. Who would you say is the most random person you've sold cannabis to? And I I do mean celebrity, because obviously people don't care about Amy Welsh. A lot of cool celebrities, for sure. A couple shitty ones. Oh, you know what the most random for me was? Was the, the girl from The Craft. Oh. I don't know if you remember this. I mean, it's more like... I, I, know I got the craft. Yeah. yeah. The main one who, like, does the hair flip. <gasps> the best one. She's, the like, best the one. good one. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I never got to see. I saw her in the showroom one time, and I was like, is that you? <laughs> the hair? <laughs> He's doing uh, the gesture. You know, if you've seen the craft, you know uh, yeah, you can't see that, about. yeah. Um, I have to say the most random person I've sold cannabis to has to well i have two actually i have one that's cooler and one that's rando rando fred durst oh yeah i mean hella random that is random yeah yeah sorry fred durst came in yeah that was i remember the first time yeah another random but pretty dope birdman oh birdman <laughs> yeah. yeah, Birdman came in. That was the best. How? Um, what did he? Didn't he not he, have I, what, ID on him or something? Know, but he definitely had ID, <laughs> and uh, he got in clean. Um, but the way he introduced himself was the best. Yeah. Uh, it was you know just guy with the hoodie pulled over, a couple guys behind him. And he's a security guard, Khalif at the time. I was like, alright man, just need your ID, and he just lifted up his hood and just, just looked at him, <laughs> cold stare. Oh, I know who you are. Oh and then God. they called me in. I was like, burp, burp. <laughs> <laughs> No, I wish I did that. But, uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, he was really random. Brett Gelman. Oh, love Brett Gelman. He's fantastic. Yeah, he was super nice. Um, I mean, Chappelle was the best, for oh, sure. Number one. Number one. I guess Sharona. It has to be the most random. Oh my god, you're so she's, right. She's the one who tells you that she's famous, and you don't know that she's famous. Yes. Um, Sharona. And yes, we. Do, <laughs> and yes, we do mean mama, mama, Sharona. Uh, she, uh, LA is so funny like that, where people like you know she had a song written about her. Yeah. 
And 50 years later, we're still talking about it. And she brought it she up. Brought, because she would bring <laughs> it up. Like, L.A. is on another level for sure. Yeah, yeah I mean, I love L.A. Yeah. You know, I grew up I in the Valley, you. 818, you know. Got a couple L.A. tats on here. Lakers for life. Okay. You know, without a doubt. <laughs> grew up going to Jewish private school, which I... I think I hated more and more every year. <laughs> I begged my mom to let me go out, and she finally let me go to public school for going into high school. Mm. I tried to get out of uh, Jewish private school going into seventh and eighth grade, but my mom at the time was like, all right, well, you're only going to another private school. Mm. All right, fine, mom. And I applied to all of them, and I didn't get into any of them. I wasn't the best kid, I guess. I was a little uh. bit of a rascal, uh, a little troublemaker. You also had a... Uh... A talent that you were proficient in at that age too. Do you want to talk about it? My talent? Your break dancing oh, abilities? Shit. Do you want to get into your bat mitzvah? I mean, <laughs> I guess yeah. My break dancing abilities definitely highlighted at my uh, my bar mitzvah. Bar mitzvah. I'm Technically, so sorry. it was a b'nai mitzvah since me and my sister did it together. One more time. A b'nai mitzvah. A b'nai mitzvah. Yeah, it's, it's when so a bro- close to b'nai. A little bit, yeah. Like a little, yeah. Oh, those are bomb. I've been slipping up here and there, you know, but like, I'm mostly, you know. Slipping up. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this because honestly, like, no. Your weight loss journey has been so inspiring, especially to me as someone who, you know, we would chat about our weight, the ups and downs, the fluctuations, being chunky. You have taken it to an entirely new level. You are a skinny, skinny bitch. And (laughs) I want to talk about it because I feel like, because it is really inspiring. Like you let, I mean, tell the people what, what you've been through in the last year, two years. I think it's been like right around two years and first of all, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I'm honored. Yeah. But no, it's funny that you say that I'm inspiring to you because you actually said something that inspired me to start my weight loss journey. What? Yeah, I don't, I never told you this. I don't I'm know. pretty Let's sure I mentioned see. it. Is it but, just I told you about keto? Yeah. Okay, well. I mean, <laughs> I yes, you were the one who mentioned keto to me and then that, I was like, fuck this which by the way i mentioned i think just was talking about my friend who had done keto and was just like wow that skinny bitch and was saying it in passing it wasn't like i was telling mike you need to learn about this keto diet no, no, and thank no. me later like that wasn't what happened wasn't. okay just wanted to clarify that yeah no <laughs> um no you were talking to, i think one of the other girls mm-hmm. and you're talking about yeah your friend who just did keto you know, like this skinny bitch, yeah. you know, and I was like walking by and I was like, I was like, how much weight does she lose in a week? <laughs> what? I was like, fuck that. I'm giving this a shot. But yeah, I was always, you know, on the heavier side. Um, I think anytime like after like 13, but yeah, when I was like, my breakdancing career was highlighted. Yeah. Did a little routine. Mm-hmm. Only a select few have been privy to that. But it's a privilege. Yeah, no, you were the, when I heard that, I was like fuck it, dude, I'm so tired of this, you know? Because, yeah, I sh- you know, I've struggled with it here and there. And for the most part, I've always been comfortable, you know? But, you know, there's always times where, like, fuck, I wish I was a lot thinner, Yeah. you know? Yeah, so I overheard you, and I was like, I'm giving this a shot. And then ever since then, yeah, it's been, like, around, like, two years. Like, the most that I got down to, like, I dropped, like, 80 pounds. Wow. Um, I mean, yeah, now I'm, like, around, like, like 70 pounds down from where I started. Amazing. But uh, yeah, with keto it was great. It was a good start. Like definitely to maintain it. Like 
too long, like six months and past is it's not the healthiest, you know, option either. But and you also got to be like really heavy set for keto to work. And that's why it's like it shed off a quick like 30 pounds. No problem. But then, you know, you had to start like working for it. For Fucking struggle, man. Daily tiny. struggle. Not Fucking here. sucks. But when you see the results, yeah. And that's for keto. Yeah, yeah. it's all because of you, B. It does fucking Sorry. suck, but yeah. it, no, but... You had the that 30 come off, and then mm. you decided to continue doing that, and, like, you do hot yoga, you like to hike, like, you completely changed your lifestyle as well, mm. you know, in addition to your mindset, which I think is, like, the biggest part. Yeah, no, thanks. I definitely, um, I had to, um, when I decided I left the store... Yeah, I think it was like that. I started like the keto in February and then I left the store in October. So that was also like a big change in my life too. And I was lucky enough to like, you know, have a couple investments, save some money. And it just got to a point where I had to leave that industry. And, but that was also, I was already into that journey and 2020 was kind of like smooth sailing for me, I guess. Cause I didn't, I was already planning on taking some time off work. And then, yeah, that gave me a lot of focus like, what else am I going to do besides work on myself? Mm. You know, like, now's the time to do it. Like, no excuses. Mm. And, yeah, I got really into hot yoga. Then I started, I was doing it, like, five, six times a week, for sure. And then quarantine came. Took that away from me. And then, yeah, I just started working out more and more. And, like, you know, the more I started doing it, the more I enjoy it. But, yeah, honestly, it's, like, I still feel, like, a daily struggle. Dude, food? Man, man, food. I love food. But... Yeah, and I just, I figured out, like, everyone's different, you know? You gotta do what works best for you, and, I mean, me, it's carbs. Mm. So it's like, yeah, I haven't tried the beignet box, or, like, uh, I mean, just a warm piece of sourdough. <laughs> I don't even need any butter. Like, that. I don't, need, I don't. I, sure, if it's around, I'll take it. But, like, that's just, like, uh the simple pleasures you start to just enjoy and appreciate things well because i'm planning on not consuming dairy for the month of february unless it's a celebrating a birthday which would be nicole's and mine so just two cheat days which i think is doable i think i'll feel better overall but the second i said it i was like fuck I love cheese (laughs) (laughs) like my discipline so I'm and then that's where it comes back to like people are capable of change I've witnessed Mike do these incredible things like I am a person so I am also capable of these things I just have to (laughs) set my mind to it but like it's already like no it'll be fine but yeah, I just wanted to, I wanted to talk about that, uh, about your weight loss journey. It's awesome. You look amazing and I'm, and I'm sure you just feel really good. I do. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate that. It means a lot. Like, yeah, with keto, like I cut out a lot of things, but like at least like once a week, you got to treat yourself. And like, I still struggle with cigarettes, you know? And like, that's the... Do you remember the day you went to get hypnotized so that you wouldn't smoke cigarettes anymore and you lasted I don't know how many hours but it certainly wasn't more than a it wasn't a day it was five hours hours. we didn't even stop you because you were so miserable those five hours that we're like let him go yeah I do remember that day I tried to get hypnotized um (laughs) like I really thought it was gonna be like hypnotized how much did you pay for that? I paid 300 
But I thought I was really going to be hypnotized. What and what it? it ended up being was more of like a guided meditation, which back then, like, I really wasn't open to. Like, yeah, I've changed my mentality a lot. I read a lot of books now or, you know, like different types of books that like before I'd never even think of. And now, I'm, you know, I went from selling weed and now I sell insurance, <laughs> you know. The Nasha hash is... It's fucking bomb, right? It is bomb. And I never smoke sativas anymore. So it's like fun and giggly. I'm just like, my brain doesn't work. But I am curious to know, how would you say cannabis has changed your life for the better? Um, anyways, I mean, I've gotten to meet some amazing people. I made a great career over it. I learned a lot about, you know, its medical benefits. And I invested in a company, you know, that was primarily medical based driven and i mean it changes lives for the better you know yeah i love weed i mean so many different aspects i mean i did love profiting from it mm. i did love smoking it like i was known you know mm. for loving it before i even got into the business and that's how i got into it and now i'm at a point where it's just like my life is so different man i went from smoking you know 10 blunts a day to now i'm smoking like a joint a week I do love like CBD edibles. That's so funny to hear because it's like I knew you for half a decade as A, the best boss ever, for sure. No, the Greenies is definitely my, my favorite job, but also just sucking down vape pens <laughs> <laughs> at like alarming rates. So to hear you now be like, I, I don't know, I like enjoy CBD gummies, like whatever. I'm like, who is this wellness like oh, guru? Shit. But I love it. <laughs> <laughs> just sucking those vape pens down. Ooh, um, ooh those live resin, the moxie ones were great. My ultimate favorite was the Tikkun ones, the Alaska strain, the sativa. This is actually a perfect segue into uh, the next segment. So the next segment is the Rhea. So it's basically products that you like, things, products that you like. It also, it's a rapid fire questions. It actually changes kind of every episode, <laughs> but, but I try to do the rapid fire. We're stoned. So we get through it the best we can. Okay. And then I want to highlight your favorite products that you would re, re up on. And since you are someone who has consumed many concentrates, I don't always get you guys on the show. So if mm. you have any favorite concentrates and vape stuff, like, please, please drop Drop the gems, as they say on Clubhouse. Okay, dropping the gems for the re-up. Um, some of my favorite products for vape pens, yeah, I think by category for sure. Like, Tikkun was, like, the best for sure. Mm. Um, the Moxie Live Resins were pretty solid. I think my overall favorite brand for flower was Kushko. Cream of the Crop is amazing. Maven's really solid. Um, Russian Assassin Boys. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I know a couple of the guys over there. That's amazing stuff. Um, the Kiva CBD edibles, the Plus CBN edibles. I take one of those, like, right before bed if I need to, and, like, psh, out. Nice. One. I'm, like, shocked. My edible tolerance was never, like, developed, like, my smoking tolerance. Oh, my God. Do you remember the time you thought, because it was back, it was before it was recreational, and one of our patients came in with macaroons, and they were infused, but you didn't know it, and and I watched you pop that in your mouth so fast that I couldn't, I didn't have a chance to say, like, oh, because I knew you didn't really fuck with edibles. 
<laughs> like shit it, some funny shit definitely went down yeah for sure. in that shop yeah i remember those macaroons yeah and yeah. look you put a macaroon in front of me it's gonna get <laughs> popped in my mouth real quick um yeah no i never developed that tolerance for edibles so yeah that was that was a fun ride for sure <laughs> handled it I do remember the time that you mentioned about get, eating that edible when before closing. Yeah, and you're just staring at your register, and you're just like, Mike, I, I can't do this. <laughs> I'm just like, what? That's so <laughs> All irresponsible. Right, like, go sit down, <laughs> drink some Gatorade, get her a hot towel. Let me close this out for you. Oh um, yeah, no, I, but like I figured out the good thing. Like I got into, I liked some bad edible experiences when I was younger, like in like college and stuff like that. I remember my buddy made made a hash pecan pie. Yum. And then as we're eating it, he's like, "Oh, watch out! Some like chunks fell in there." And I'm just like, <laughs> like for sure, I got a chunk. <laughs> and we went to the bar down the street, and I just like I spent like six minutes in there, maybe. I'm like, I'm gonna hang out outside. I'm like way too uncomfortably yeah. high. Yeah. But yeah, there was some fun, like, yeah, some edible times. It's like, like, no, you know, people that went and ate an edible on their break, it's like, there's, like, I don't follow people on their break, you know, <laughs> for me, as long as you get the job done, you know, the money's good, but some people have those tolerances, and yeah, I remember, like, the fortune cookie guys, mm. Hash House, those were great, and I used to beg them for, like, non-medicated samples, <laughs> but um, it happens. I mean, once... In five years working for, or no, I'm sorry, in the four years that yeah, I worked for you. That's not, not the worst uh, rating, I guess. No, no, no. We had, I remember back in the old days, this girl Hannah like ate an edible and like took a bong hit through her nose. And like kind of like collapsed and like fell on the glass. We, of course we had a glass table. Yeah. And like the lounge area, which is genius. Um, no, definitely not the first, definitely not the last. I know you did mention before that, like, you dropped one glass jar. Yeah. Let me rest assure you, <laughs> that was not the only glass jar that had been dropped at that location. Thank you. Um, you oh, yeah, especially back in those days, like, and I remember you, like, trying to, like, what, this is great weed. Like, no. <laughs> I'm going to take this glass weed. We took some. Dispose of it properly. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, like. At some point, Mike would just be like, I'm going to the back. Like, I'm not. <laughs> You guys do what you're grown women like, and Danny and I are just crouched over the weed, like, this one doesn't have a shard in yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> Fucking gremlins and goblins. Like, you can't see the little shards, no, and like, for it. me, no, it was, just wasn't worth it. I was just so used to like massive amounts of weed, and like, I just pick and choose, you know, back, especially back in the day, a sample and this and that, and like, oh my my prices were my prices, you know, at cost, no taxes, whatever. And I mean, the amount of weed that like didn't make it into my like blunts and joints that got like pushed aside, disposed of. Oh my god! Yeah, I could feed a country. <laughs> I used to be so spoiled working as a bartender and getting so much weed and product, and now I'm I am I'm this gremlin that's like getting every last drop because. You don't know what you got until it's gone. That's true. No, I feel that too, especially now when I go and like visit the old location and like still good friends with the manager there. I'm like, is that the sample box? Let me see uh, what's going on over here. Yes. <clears throat> I earned it. You know, I earned it. No, I always really enjoyed, you know, whenever like, especially in the later days with like you and Nicole and the whole crew, um, you know, the, we got so many samples and like, 
you mentioned this before and it's, you know, you definitely like, yeah, it's the bud tenders who are the ones who are selling it. They, mm-hmm. they should know the product. And like for me to like hoard like 15 samples all for mm-hmm. myself, like I didn't have like the time mm-hmm. to use all that product, right. you know? And like, I always thought it was very beneficial to have your salespeople know what their products are and especially so many new things coming out in the market. And yeah, I just always enjoyed, you know, handing out what I could you were you were very very generous with with all the samples and we definitely appreciated it again best job ever best boss ever can I let the people know that your name is Michael Scott Winderman sure that's your name I was like I'm selling weed and I work for Michael Scott like that's a pretty good setup that is my name yeah Michael Scott love the show uh, (laughs) I think I let that run on Netflix like just as background noise oh big fan at least 16 times i was watching it earlier today yeah no it's always a good little like you watch the office (laughs) (laughs) my name is michael scott (laughs) you know um but it's good thing i wasn't yeah a boss like him i guess but yeah thank you i really appreciate the kind words and you know (laughs) I couldn't have been the boss that I was without the team that I had throughout the years. Wow. So really, most of the credit goes to, you know, to the staff, for sure. Oh, my gosh. I know they're going to be so happy to hear that. <laughs> that was very nice. No, Thank though. you. It's definitely true, you know. It's a relationship. It's a joint. Yeah. It's a joint effort. But um, If you keep your employees happy and at least make it a place that they don't like dread going to, you know, you'd hope, you know, they're excited to go to work. Um, I mean, that's what I always looked for or try to create. Yeah. But then it's running retail. So it's like, it's the unknown factor of the general public. Mm. That's just like, ah, it just takes that one fucking person, that one customer just like shit all over the day. Yeah, I won't say names, but we've definitely witnessed um, s- some fellow bud tenders destroy our filing cabinet with one s- swift kick. <laughs> We're not saying We're not names. Naming. We're not naming names. But some crazy stuff has gone down in the back room after an interaction, for sure. Yeah, some crazy shit has happened, for sure. Nothing, like, insane. I don't know if that stuff happens in, like, normal offices. That's what I mean when I say crazy. Like, I think regular office people listening to this are probably like, yeah, I wish I could just kick the right, filing right, right, cabinet right, 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 right. and keep my job. Yeah, I think that filing cabinet is still there to this day, and I think the dent still remains. Um, it's been a couple punched cabinets, you know, a couple kicks here and there, a slammed door, fell off the hinge. Oh, I forgot oh my god we had a security guard one time this what? was way back in the day when we had armed guards sleep overnight oh shit and he was yeah let's just say like a shot went off into like the neighbor's business it was after hours like middle of the night right. everything was fine but it's just like i know when you clean a gun you mm. don't clean it loaded mm. you know so it's just like yeah i guess some like definitely some crazy shit that does not happen in like a normal office setting to where like mm. i currently work at now mm. you know broker's insurance you guys need some workers comp let hey. me know well your off your current office what is it again brookhurst insurance 
also probably doesn't get broken into through your neighbor's wall or through the ceiling or like like so many times that we were right. robbed overnight. Do you remember that time when they destroyed so much and like all they got away with was like the shittiest hash in the world and like swishers? We were like, what was the point of that? Yeah, no, the break-ins, you know, they got really creative. You know, over my 10 years, I think I dealt with like 16 break-ins wow you know there's only a few times where the stores held up mm-hmm. um i fortunately wasn't there any of those times but obviously watching the footage and dealing with you know the employees and stuff after but yeah the most creative ones were yeah no through the ceiling literally breaking into the neighbor's store breaking through the wall into another wall mm-hmm. but you know each chance gave us a you know an opportunity to increase our security mm-hmm. um but yeah there was a few times where they like literally did not for the most part they just did more damage mm-hmm. and the store would lose more money being closed the following day to like for repairs because you couldn't just be like hey come on in let me just sweep up this wall real quick yeah, you know glass. and that was me the one like going responding to like the calls at like you know 3 a.m 4 a.m going to the store making sure like to clean up everything so when everyone got there in the morning like mm-hmm. you know like hey this is what we got to do someone's going to home depot last guy's on his way let's make this presentable Got some plumbing issues signed on the on the front door. Right. You know, you never really wanted to advertise it. Yeah, it fucking sucked. But it's just, it's like, you own a liquor store, you're going to get held up. You know, especially with, you know, weed. I remember there's another store from one of our sister locations where they got in through the roof and they were able to remove the safe from the office, but they couldn't get it through the front door. So when, like, the time they got there, their safe was in the middle of the front door. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, they just got, they got really creative. And for the most part, everything was just like very secure and locked up and bolted down. Where yeah, that time that you're talking about, they like, they literally grabbed like four boxes of Swishers and some like shake. Yeah. It was a shake, you know, it was like stuff we used to make like tea and like, it was just like. The worst. It was like, it was horrible. And it was stuff I think I even had to pull from inventory because it was right when we were switching to legalization mm-hmm. so we were just waiting to dispose of it and we're like yeah we can leave this out it's fine this yeah. is like <laughs> 17 dollars <laughs> like 14 pounds of trim yeah <laughs> oh. so it was just waiting to be like disposed of in a properly manner mm-hmm. but yeah man it's just you know to not expect it. It would be great to not expect it. Yeah. You know, but no, being in this industry for that long, it's like, nah, I became, you know, a very security-minded person, especially yeah. the position that, you know, I was in and the amount of money, the amount of, you know, pounds, this, that. Nah, you know, you know, I own guns and a Doberman for a reason. Yeah, you know? yeah. I love guns. I love, love dogs, you know? But um, it's like, yeah, it's just kind of like, you know, when you know that, when you know weed and that culture and mm-hmm. you've sold here and there, you know, it's like, yeah, don't be stupid. Yeah. You know, never underestimate another man's greed. That was poetic. <laughs> okay, one last thing. Marry, fuck, kill. Concentrate, flower, or edible? Oh, yeah, marry, flower, fuck, concentrate, and kill edibles. I can't, those things are dangerous. Oh. <gasps> They creep up on you. Oh, my God. They do creep up on you. We know that. Favorite word for cannabis? I mean, I do like cannabis. 
a flower. You, I think now I more refer to it as flower Same. or weed. Okay, that's yeah. actually not a favorite. You named three. Um, we're going to go with favorite stoner movie of all time. I mean, Half-Baked. It's always going to stick with me. I grew up, you know, I watched the Cheech and Chong. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> a Half-Baked definitely sticks with me. When you get to heaven, what strain will be on your top shelf? Sour Diesel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good old fresh Sour Diesel. Mm-hmm. That's my, mm, man, oh, yeah. I guess top shelf right next to it. Just some like really good, like solid OG. <laughs> yes. I think you can't go wrong with those two, but top shelves, some solid sour diesel. Euphoric, energetic, not racy, piney. You could smoke it in the morning. You could smoke it at night. Still have a great time. Sour diesel. Uh, and I would say an OG for an OG. Do you remember when I. Do you remember when I dressed up as you uh, for Halloween? I'll never forget. It was your grand send-off. It was your last day of working at the Green Easy, too. Yeah. Fell on Halloween. Oh, I'll never forget. Yeah, it was, I think, the most honored moment of my life. Um, I was like, wait. <laughs> is that me? I had the beard. <laughs> the beard? I had the tattoos. The tattoos? Even on the leg. I literally We've got had, pictures. We have pictures. I literally had your sweater because you constantly give us Carhartt. That's true. That's true. I used to, like, yeah... I still I give Ashley Carhartt to this day. Nice. Yeah. Recently, I think it was like a month ago or something. Like <laughs> yeah. No, I'll never forget that. Yeah. It was a very, it was one of the most prideful moments of my life. I was like, oh my god. When you showed off the leg tattoo. Yeah. Oh man. Got me. <laughs> That's how you know you made it when you're a Halloween costume. It was such a fun night, and now we have so many pictures. And when I look back. I'm the chick with the beard and everyone else looks so cute and happy and girly. It's fine. I, it was worth it. It was totally worth it. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Thank you for taking the time. My pleasure. Uh, it's been Sunday fun day. I hope it's been fun for you. No, it's been a great. Thank you for having me. This, no is, pressure. Uh, this is a lot of fun. Yay. Yeah, I appreciate you. He's slinging uh, insurance now, y'all. Insurance? Shit. Do you want to? Oh, I have to do. Plug? I have to do the plug. The I have plug? to do the. I yes, mean... yes. Call your plug. I'm so sorry. Cannabis program. Oh, okay, too? okay, bitch. Um, plug. <laughs> please plug yourself right now. Yeah, no. If anybody needs a workers' comp insurance, you know, I got carriers that work specifically with cannabis companies. Any type of company you need, I do specialize in workers' comp. I guess reach out send the podcast a message is that a thing no okay you have to give your like instagram oh yeah no i mean you could you could email me uh my instagram you know i don't use it for work you know it's personal it's private but uh yeah you could email me just look up uh brookhurst insurance on google send you to the website get you right over to all your insurance needs Not a problem. No, yeah, we'll get, we got you. Okay, cool. Thank you, thank you. I'm so sorry. I almost forgot the last segment. Thank you for reminding me. Uh, I did my research. He did his research, y'all. Follow the show at That Bud Tender Podcast. Like, share, subscribe, and keep getting high, my babies. Mm-hmm.